Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. Your host, Mr. Jono Petrahilos, currently generates over a million dollars a year selling his online courses. And now he teaches you how to do the same. Along with listening to our podcast, make sure to join the Course Creator Community Facebook group. It's one of the largest and most engaged Facebook groups in the space. You'll find the link in the show notes. Anyway, let's get to today's show. All right. What's happening, people? Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we have an absolute rock star on the line this week. Now, i got to be honest. I say that every week. Whoever we have on, it's, it's an absolute rock star. But this week, I can say it with, um, with, with confidence because when it comes in the online marketing space, there's maybe two, three people in the world at this level. You know, you think Russell Brunson, Alex Hormozy, and and this man I've got here. So I'm super excited. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm also streaming this live into the Facebook group. So it's, it's already happened. I might ask some questions to the Facebook group. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, more of a reason why you should be in the Facebook group, but but that's all good. We'll start with, actually, I'll give you an introduction and then we'll, we'll start. So a little bit about this person. For the last few years, he's been quietly building his online empire. To my understanding, he's got an eight-figure business along with two separate seven-figure businesses all online, and he's coached something like 8,000 clients. So I'm getting dizzy with the amount of zeros in there, but it tells me that he knows a thing or two about making money online. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Tanner Chittister. Tanner, how are you? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. You said the last name perfect too, so we're off to a good start. I was practicing, you know, because I've got one of those names as well. I think it's you, me, and Gary V. You know, so it's a. I wish I did the Gary V and went John O P, but yeah, too too late now. Um, Tanner, I like to start all these podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Yeah, it's, it's going to sound cliche, but the one from Nike: uh, "Just do it." And I think part of the reason for that is just my experiences, but also they just have those commercials. And the commercials are so epic and so good. And then they finish that way. And and that's kind of like a mantra I lived by as I was growing up. And so it's short and sweet. And I stole it, you know, from Nike essentially. But <laughs> I, I, that's my favorite. That's my absolute favorite. Awesome. I'm a fan of that one myself. Now, what we'll also do, if you're watching this live in the Facebook group, let's just say hello to Tanner. You know, he's one of the, the experts in the space. He's giving up his time to give us some tips. So let's show him some love. Just hit the like button. If you're watching this, just comment below and say hello to Tanner. Uh, what I'd also recommend, I've just actually finished his book. And it's one of the the best online books I've read. I recommend everyone check that out. If you're interested, just comment book down below and and me or Tanner will will get you over the link. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you here, Tanner. I've been following you a while. I also used to be in the fitness industry, so I I used to see you there. Um, Every second ad on my newsfeed is is from you, so I'm pretty familiar with what you do. But if someone's watching this and they haven't been following you, let us know a little bit about your story. Start sure. where you want to start and take as long as you want to take and let us know a little bit about you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, well, so I was, I was raised in a family of seven kids. Uh, my dad was a teacher. And so from a pretty young age, I, I don't ever try to overemphasize that I had a very, I wouldn't say difficult childhood, but just never more than I needed. That, that was kind of what my parents' goal was. And uh, I had two older sisters and then two younger sisters, two younger brothers. So as I grew up, I uh, don't think I really had much of a male influence outside of my dad. And so, you know, I was doing teacup parties and dress up with my sisters. And so as I got a little older, I think I just was, uh, I wouldn't—I don't know if the word's weird, but, you know, just maybe a little soft-spoken kid. And so I got made fun of a lot. And around sixth grade, I really started to notice. I actually for the first time realized kids were making fun of me. And so I had the idea that before school I would go start working out. And I was only, you know, 12 at the time. So my mom would take me uh, to the gym about 5 a.m. She dropped my sisters off at uh, a Bible study, essentially before school. I'd work out and then I'd uh, go to school. And about three months later doing that, I started getting a lot of compliments. And I think most of it was because no kids my age were working out. And so girls started being nice to me. I started getting more respect from guys and that just was a huge boost to my confidence. And it really enforced uh, the meaning of hard work. And that was kind of my first experience with setting a goal, you know, going through with the goal and then experiencing um, the reward on the other side. 
And so at that point, I just went all in on sports. I loved it. I started playing um, football or American football for people uh, not in the USA. And I took that as far as I could go until I was about 22. Uh, I got to play at the Division One level, and I just got hurt a million times, and I realized I wasn't going to go pro. And that was kind of when everything started for me in business. And I was, uh, I was an engineer, and I remember having a lunch with a mentor of mine. Um, his name's David Fry. And uh, David, he's married – I want to say to Russell Brunson's cousin. Oh, wow. I, I believe. Yeah. And so we sat down and he just started asking about my life. And I said, you know, I'm not really happy anymore. You know, football was my dream. It's over. You know, I'm depressed. I, I really don't like this job. And he just asked me what my goal was. And I said, well, I just want to make a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, you're in the wrong thing if you want to make a lot of money. And I said, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you make a lot more running a business. At that time, I had no idea about anything business related. I didn't know how businesses, you know, what margins were, how they made profit, even how they did market. I didn't understand any of it. So he convinced me with about a year left of school and engineering to leave and go, uh, basically, he calls it a mentorship or what would you call it? Internship, but it was really more of a mentorship. He didn't get much out of it. Um, but he, (laughs) he decided to help me. And so every day I would, um, I quit college. That was a super scary moment for me. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was not happy. Her mom was not happy. Um, my family, I don't think they necessarily cared, but they made fun of me quite a bit because they're like, all right, good luck. No one in my family had ever done that before. So I went to his office every day and I would just work all day and I created a product. It was called the rapid muscle system. And he taught me all about opt-ins and emails and funnels and Facebook ads and all these things that go into marketing, but I never really had much success. And so over the first two years, this was like 23 to 25 ish. I want to say I only made probably two grand in online business. And, um, at that point I left, I was, you know, I was 25. I'm living at home, I'm paying rent there. And I was like, man, I'm 25. I need to get out of the house. So I went off and I'm still trying to make my business work, but I'm not having much success. And so I'm doing door-to-door sales. I was a server at Olive Garden. I want to say about six months. And I'm just getting really frustrated because I'm killing myself to make money um, to try to support my business, but my business is not being profitable. So uh, right around that time, I'm 25 and a half or so. And I remember saying to myself, if I don't figure it out this year, I'm going to go back to school because I started feeling like, in my own words, I was feeling like a loser. And that's always been one of my biggest fears. Um, So I saw an ad on Facebook, probably like people see mine now, unfortunately. And it was like how to build an online fitness business. And so I clicked on it, got on a sales call, had no idea about high ticket sales or coaching in general. The guy went through his whole sales pitch and I, you know, I, I didn't know anything about it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to buy now. I have to buy today. So I get my credit card. I, I didn't even have a credit card. I remember I put down a deposit like 500 bucks. I had like maybe two grand in my bank account, got a credit card, paid the rest on a credit card. And I was super scared, but I just remember um, I was going to do everything they said to do. And so I went through that program and I want to say it was the best program. It wasn't the worst program. It was just, it was okay. But Uh, They taught me about high ticket sales. So the best thing I learned was stop selling your stuff for $47 and sell it for three grand or two grand. And I was like, there's no way someone's going to buy that. But I was like, I'll do it. So I just started reaching out to people. I remember the second I learned that I just stopped looking at the course. I started reaching out to people in that first week. I did it, I think 10 grand. And that was three times what I was making, you know, as a door to door salesman or a server in a week. And that moment I quit, I was doing door to door sales full time. I quit. I drove back home and I told my parents, Hey, like I figured this thing out. I'll pay you rent. Just like, don't bother me. I'm going to build this thing. And then, uh, in a year I, I did a million. The second year I did 10 and then year three, I did 15. And then I'm in year four right now. And, uh, that, that's kind of how it all started. And, and during that time I had a lot of success in the fitness industry, as you said. And so all these trainers started coming to me asking for help. And so, Looking back in hindsight, I, I wish I might, I had stuck with that longer, but the money was just right in front of my face. And I was like, man, I'm selling these fitness packages, but I got 10 people ready to pay me five to 10 grand. And so I just jumped on it 
And that business grew so quickly, it ended up surpassing my other seven-figure business. Um, and I tried running both at the same time for a while, but it, it was too difficult. And I, you know, I don't recommend anyone does that. It's just, it's impossible. So I went in on that and then that got really big. And then that's how I started getting into general business coaching because just more and more people heard about me and wanted help. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at today. And I've expanded since then. I have other companies and CEOs, but that's, uh, that's, you know, I guess my extended version. Love it. And I'll just summarize for everyone listening there. So, cause you might be thinking, hold on, is it fitness? Is it business? T- to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong. You started the fitness industry. You were helping people, um, get their fitness results. Then from right. there, a lot of other fitness trainers are like, how is this guy doing it? Then you had a business that was essentially helping fitness trainers run an online fitness business. And then other people are like, man, how have you got this business coaching that's so successful? So you're like, all right, cool. Now I'm helping anyone that wants to get online, run a successful business. Is that, and that's where you're at now, right? Yeah, that's correct. And, and I, uh, I didn't plan on that. I, in fact, I despise business coaches. It was hilarious, but you know, I just had so many people coming to me. I, you know, I'm a 20 something year old kid. I'm going dude. this is a multi-million dollar opportunity. If I say no to this and it just kind of progressed from there. So that's how it all started. Love it. Well, that's awesome, Tanner. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this, watching this. They're like, that's awesome. I'm inspired. I'm motivated, but all well and good for you, Tanner. How do I do the same? What, um, what tips could you give everyone? Let's say they're, they're starting off. Let's say they were, they're, they're where you at with your $47 sort of thing. What are they, what are the steps they need to, to emulate, to, to take to emulate your success? Sure. So the first thing that really just helped me was it wasn't, I didn't necessarily change anything about my product. It was, it was pretty much the same. And that's, what's kind of cool with high ticket sales, but I just started doing a phone call versus sending someone a link. And then all I really did to give more value was, I mean, that's a long discussion, but I created something that they thought was really good. And then I gave them a little bit of my time. So I was able to increase the price and, I always recommend that to start because if you're someone who's starting out more than likely you're making probably three to five grand a month or less. Mm. And so for you to sell something for $50 to really change your life, you'd have to sell, you know, a thousand or 2000 or 3000 every single month for forever. And with the high ticket sell, I only had to sell one or two and I already doubled my income for an entire month with two clients. So it's easier to scale. And ironically, it's easier to sell one person at a high price than it is to sell a bunch of people at a low price. And a lot of people don't understand that. So the first thing is just coming up with, you know, your high ticket offer. Like what can you sell that you could charge someone 1500 bucks or more typically is what I would say. And then getting people on a phone call. So once I had done that, I knew a lot about fitness. And so I started off by thinking, and this is what everyone should do. Think about what is the ultimate goal someone wants? And if you think about fitness, what people really want, whether it's right or wrong, is they want to eat a bunch of crap and still look good. And they don't want to work out, but they still want a six pack. And so you have to sell people on that dream. And so when I was marketing or started, I realized that every trainer was selling the same things, but they just said, hey, it's a custom plan. It's a custom nutrition. And, you know, people just don't want to do that. And so my huge, my tagline I used was how to eat whatever you want without sabotaging results. And that was so good because what ended up happening is it created a bunch of curiosity. Um, And then when people actually got in, what I essentially was teaching was if it fits your macros or calorie counting, right? But you'd be surprised at how many people don't know that or they overcomplicate it. So I get them on a call. I'd start walking them through, hey, here's where you're at. Here's what you're struggling with this is kind of the life and I'm going to show you how to do it on your own and you're going to be able to do it for the rest of your life. And especially when I sold them on teaching them how to do it forever, I was able to demand a premium price. And, uh, that was it. I just started DMing people on social media. I started making a lot of cash flow, And then after a certain point, I was doing about 30 to $50,000 a month, just grinding my, my fingers actually started hurting. Uh, cause I think I was getting arthritis from overwork. And uh, at that point, I knew to sustain it, I was going to have to figure out, you know, paid traffic or a more sustainable way to get leads. And, you know, once I figured out paid traffic, it was just off to the races. I just did more and more and more and more. And that's how I did a lot more revenue. So Okay, well, so there's, a, there's so much uh, good bits of information there. Let me see if we can dive in a bit deeper to them. 
The first thing I feel like is the price. It's like we've got to have that in order for, for anything else to work, right? Now, you touched on it where you said, all right, we've got to find – actually, I'll ask you the question. To charge high ticket is all we need to find out what that person exactly wants or have you got any tips for anyone watching this? Should some people already be charging high ticket with what they've got and they're just not confident or what can you tell us around that price range? Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Yeah, so I think if you're not confident or you're new, you can only start at the lower end and work your way up. Okay. When I started raising my price, the reason I raised it is I was getting too many people were saying yes. Like it was too easy. And when a lot of people are saying yes, typically what that means is there's an imbalance between the value and the price. Now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know, if you're a course creator, you've already got a course and it's not quite selling, uh, or if you're still in the process of putting your course together, at the course creator community, we actually have a VIP group coaching program. It's the best program of its kind and the most affordable as well. So if you'd like some extra help and guidance in either putting your course together or selling your online course, I recommend joining the course creator community VIP program. I'll put the links down in the show notes. And so I just kept working that price up until it started being a good medium where some would say yes, some would say no. And then when I pushed higher, I'd get a lot more no's. And when I pushed lower, I'd get a lot more yeses. And I was like, okay. And that price for me in fitness was about 25 to 3,200 bucks for four months. That was about that sweet spot of where I was just getting a lot of, of volume. And I was also maximizing my price point. Um, and then you know, in terms of what to say or, or knowing what to offer people, one of the easiest ways is if you get on, I mean, you can do surveys and posts on social media, but one of the benefits of sales calls is you're getting on the call and you're asking them, they're giving you the answers. So I get on the call and I'm like, what's your, what's your goal? Well, I want to lose weight. Okay. What are you showing with? Well, I've tried a million programs. Okay. What have you tried? They list out all the programs. Have you ever had a coach? No. What are you, what are you most frustrated with? It's basically what I just told everyone. Oh, I like, you know, I do this, but I can't stick with it and I hate it. So then all you have to do is tell them ethically, oh yeah, don't worry. My program, you're not going to hate it. It's going to be easy, right? You, they're telling you what to say. And then you just have to make sure your offer can deliver on that. Um, because there's a saying people, will, you know, they're going to buy what they, you need to tell them what they want, not what they need. And then once you give them what they want, you can start actually giving them what they need. Yeah. Right. Um, so oh, hopefully, hopefully oh. I answered that question. Yeah, 100%. And I'll jump in there because uh, that's a good point, especially in the fitness sort of space, right? There's a really good example in the fitness world. I'll describe it for the, the people listening. There's a, and I'll just simplify. I know Tanner knows this in depth. I'm just going to keep it simple. Let's just use the Tabata workout, right? It's a, it's a four minute workout, but it's really, really hard. And there's kind of two ways you can position it. You can either be like, hey, do you want to lose weight in just four minutes a day? Or you can say, hey, do you want to lose weight? All you got to do is this super hard workout that most people can't do. It's kind of like the, you're going to give them the same thing anyway. You're going to give them the four minute workout, but there's right. two different ways to position it there. So I think that's important there. And I think the other great thing with the phone calls is the nose is still good because it's a learning experience. It's kind of like if you jump on the phone and someone tells you no, as long as you know why they said no, well, look, I'm not going to do it because of, and providing you can get that real answer. Okay, great. Your next phone call you can make sure that you handle that objection. You can make sure that it's in the, the program so you won't get that one again. So I, I love that. In terms of, and I think there's even two points here. There's in terms of what to say on the phone call, but there's also in terms of how to get on that phone call. Now, you mentioned you're doing a lot of DMs, Tanner. Is that the best way to start off? And if so, have you got any tips there? Is it Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn? Do you What can you tell us about um, if someone's watching this and they're like, you know what, I, I'd love to... Well, yeah, I'd like to get on the phone with people, but how do I get on the phone with people? What, what tips sure. can you give us there? Sure. 
So yeah, I started on Facebook and Instagram and I usually find those are the easiest where people are a little bit more receptive. Um, you, you have LinkedIn, you have Twitter, you have other places, but those are typically where I found the people the most receptive. Um, the biggest reason for that and why you start there is typically because you don't have cash. Mm. And so what people usually don't think about with paid ads is a lot of people see uh, ads and they think, oh, if I run ads, then I'm going to start making a lot of money. But there's so much behind the scenes that they never see in terms of follow-up, emails, texts, phone calls, etc. So you have to do it for free to start because typically your skill level is not in a place where you would be profitable running ads. You'd spend three grand and you'd make one grand. So you just lost $2,000. So think of organic or doing stuff for free as your learning experience and validating that you have the process down good enough that if you start paying for ads or you start paying for clients that you'll make enough money back in return. Um, what I did in fitness and this varies, right? So if it's business, it's going to be different, but just to stick with uh, fitness since we're on it is I would get on Instagram, uh, typically, and I would type in some type of hashtag. So I would type in something like fit mom, fit dad, something where, you know, the person would be posting about fitness. And what I would do is I would literally just go to the, uh, that hashtag and then I would scroll as fast as I could, right? Some people they're too slow. And so they, they waste their whole day just like scrolling versus actually sending messages. And I, I look at sending messages as like door-to-door -door sales. It's not efficient, but it works. Yeah. And if you do it long enough, it's just, it will work. It has to. I mean, even, even a terrible salesman is going to get lucky ones. Because there's only so, so many just, people can tell you no, right? Yeah. So, so with business coaching, it's a little different. You can't do it this exact same way. But I would just scroll as fast as I could until I'd see someone overweight. And then I'd put my finger mm -hmm. in stock on the screen. Yep. Then I'd click on them. I'd go to their profile and I'd make sure they don't have anything in there that would suggest they don't have money or don't want help. So what, what I mean by that is if someone goes in there, if you go in there and they say beach body coach, yeah. they're probably not going to be open to you offering your coaching services because regardless of what you think or not, whether they need help or not, they don't think they need help. So I'm just looking to see, you know, where they overweight and then going to their profile. Did they give me any red flags that they wouldn't be interested and then from there, I usually just start off. Just out of curiosity, Tanner, what, what would be those red flags? So if they, if they have something in their profile, like trainer, coach, yeah. uh, you know, uh, training for a marathon, I don't know, a lot of times it would just be obvious that they'd have some type of fitness lingo in there. Yeah, okay. And a lot of times they're resistant because you'd be like, oh, so like, are you into fitness? They're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a beach body coach. And you're like, oh, what are you struggling with? They're like, well, nothing. Like, I'm a coach. I know what I'm doing. Gotcha. Right? So it goes back to what Jordan Belfort, uh, you know, his uh, Wolf of Wall Street example is like, sell me this pen. The real answer to that question is uh, what they said was, how long have you been in the market for a pen? Mm. And then Jordan was like, well, I have it. And he's like, okay. And then he stopped trying to sell it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, if people don't want what you have to sell, you really, there's so many people out there, especially in online, you don't have to keep trying to sell them. Door to door sales was so hard for me because you're trying to sell people stuff they don't want. Yeah. Right. Sales becomes easy when you just find people who want what you have. Yeah. That, that's when it's fun. Mm. Um, so I would, I just click on their uh, profile, you know, and I would typically, if it was a mom or it was a dad and they had kids, I would say something to the fact of, Hey, hope this isn't weird. Uh, but I just want to say your kids are so cute. I'm from a family of seven. Uh, so I just love kids and I just wanted to give you that compliment or, you know, something like that. And, you know, anytime you give someone a compliment, 99% of the time they'll respond and be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. You're so sweet. Da, da, da. And I'd be like, yeah. So, and then like, let's say it's a mom, I would just start, start off the conversation. Like I'm at a bar and like, Hey, yeah. So do you work or you just take care of the kids? And every question I'm asking, not only is it about them, but I'm qualifying them at the same time. So by asking if they stay at home or work, I'm finding out, do they have finances? So she's like, oh, well, you know, I work. I'm like, oh, cool. Does that keep you pretty busy? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, it keeps me pretty busy. And I'd always ask if it keep them busy because then it would help me transition to my sales pitch pretty seamlessly without them knowing. And I would just say, oh, got it. I was like, I totally get that. I'm super busy in my job. Does it make it hard to like get to the gym and stuff? LOL. And, and again, like the whole time, you got to make sure you're not, you're saying it in a way that sounds natural. So before you text something, just say it out loud and think, would I say that to someone if I was in person? Some people are like, 
oh, does that make it hard to go to the gym? Like you wouldn't say that in person. You'd be like, oh, does that like does that make it hard to work out? Ha ha. And like have it, like think of it that way. So they'd usually say yes. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, do you have a goal? And now I'm in the pitch and they don't even know it because I didn't start that way. So yeah, like I'm trying to lose 20 pounds. Like, oh, cool. Like, how's that going? Are you struggling with anything? Yeah, I'm struggling with this. And I'd work them through my criteria. And then at the end, I would just say, cool. Well, look, I don't know if you care or not, but I do this fitness stuff all day long. If you want, I could give you a couple tips, but you know, no pressure. I just like to help there. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to help if, if you, if you wanted it. And they're usually like, oh yeah, I'd love help. And then I, after they commit to saying yes, I'm like, cool. Like, you know, instead of typing out 1200 more messages, if you got five to 10 minutes, I could just have a quick call. Is that cool? And then I put, here's my number. What's yours. And then, you know, some people won't respond. Some will fall off, but a majority would say yes. And then I get on and do, you know, what they call in the marketing industry, a set call. And I just build some rapport. I'm like, I basically ask the exact same questions over again, like the exact same. And I'm like, oh, what's your goal? What are you starting on? The same thing. And then at the end, I would just say, oh, cool. So look, um, I have some suggestions for you. Um, but what I'm going to do, ne- what I wanted to do next is send you an email that's going to ask for more specific information, like your weight, your age, uh, your preferences of food, stuff I'm just not going to remember. And then once you've done that, let me know, and uh, we'll set up. We'll set up a second. We'll set up a second call. Does that sound okay? And they're like, yeah. So then I would send them an email, and in the email I'd ask a bunch of questions. But the only questions I cared about um, was, and it's been a while, but I believe one of them was, you know, are you um, are you willing to invest if this is what you need? And and I would preframe. I would frame it by saying, you know, I I'll teach you how to get results for the rest of your life. You'll never have to learn it again. Um, and I, I would make sure they knew it was like expensive. So this is kind of like my application essentially. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I have to go check the exact wording, but I'd only have a couple questions in there. Like if this is what you feel you need, um, are you willing to invest? Are you willing, you know, uh, the other one was kind of similar to what I just said before, just saying, Hey, I teach, I will teach you how to eat and train however you want without sabotaging results. You'll have to pay one time. You'll never have to pay again. Hey, you've just cut out there. And so by the time I get through that, and I'll work through them. I'm like, sure. Oh, did I cut out? It it cut out for a sec, but that's right. It got it. It's right. So you, you finished uh, it cutting out. You said there was those two questions that you asked, which is great. And then after that, is there you, you, there's a follow-up call after that. Yeah. So I'd have a bunch of questions like age, weight, food preferences, but I only really cared about a couple answers because I wanted to know if they were, they were serious about paying money. Yep. If they give me bad answers or stuff, I'd just fall, Hey, I saw this on your email. I just wanted to clarify. And then if they did say it was good, I'd schedule a call and then I'd close them on the sale call and collect the payment and move on. And I just, I just did that process over and over again until I was doing about 50,000 a month. And then I put my full focus to, towards ads. And then once I figured ads out, I still do that, and uh, but it's it's obviously like not as scalable because it's so time consuming. So mm, okay, so a couple questions yeah. there. So there'll be a lot of people watching this, listening to this, which is like, Tanner, you make those DMs just sound so natural. And also, I'm guessing <laughs> you're you're you maybe grew up in that age as well. If there's people listening to this and they're like, oh man, I don't, I don't, like that would be weird if I sent someone a DM that or someone sent yeah. me a DM there. Any tips on on how they can learn that? Should they do your training? Did you learn it from somewhere? Is there a book they can read? How could someone get comfortable on, what's the word, on, online outreach, I guess we'd say? Yeah. Um, well, so, so the first thing is like if you feel uncomfortable, I always try to frame it as it's a lot less uncomfortable to sit in your chair and DM someone than it is to be broke. Mm. right and especially because i did door-to-door sales i remember when i was closing sales calls in my underwear and i was like this is a joke <laughs> I, I just i was like i made more money in an hour doing this than i do a whole month of door-to-door sales sweating like crazy so that that's just a little context of feeling comfortable yeah. at the end of the day you're never going to talk to these people again anyways yeah no one really cares it's kind of, right? it's kind of, kind of like also like comfortable is a bad thing right it's like if you, yeah, if you well, just want to do growing. you just want to do what's comfortable, it's gonna be hard to be successful because there's yeah, gonna be iron- someone that's doing what's uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's gonna jump you. And the irony is, as I keep growing my businesses, I keep doing things. I have to keep doing things that make me uncomfortable to get to the next level. It never mm-hmm. stops. Yeah. So as soon as it's like you said, if you're if you feel comfortable on a daily basis, you're not growing. Period. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Now the second thing I think 
is there is a little bit of a script, so I'll get the questions, but part of it is you just have to think that you're, the person is in front of you. And that is the easiest way to think because a lot of people, when they're messaging online, they talk completely different than they would in person. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you need to make it sound as if they're in front of you. So you would never go to someone and say, Oh, hi, your kids are so cute. I hope it's not weird to say duh, duh. like you would just be like, Hey, like, I hope this isn't weird to say, but your kids are so freaking cute. I just had to like reach out and tell you that I'm from a family of seven. So I love kids. Like even how I just did my expression and how I like was laughing and it, it needs to come off the same way in your messages. And, and I think if you write as if they're in front of you, it will come off better that way. It comes off a lot better. Um, what I usually would do is again, you, you look for your ideal avatar. And, I, and if I'm going through that process, start off with a compliment. So find something that lets them know you actually looked at their profile and you're not just copy paste, copy, like that doesn't work. Especially in today, as the, as, the, as the industry gets more saturated, people are looking for that. So I'd say that, and then I would immediately try to turn it, you know, I've tried to ask about their job. And the reason it is I'm trying to get to that busy question. So I'm like, oh yeah, da, da, da. what's your job, right? So that's number two, what's your job? Mm. After I do that, I would always say, oh cool, does that, you know, I'd say other things, but to paraphrase, does it keep you busy? Every person on earth is going to say yes. No one's going to say they're lazy. Everyone will say that. That's why I ask questions I know the answer to. Yeah. So once they say that, it's easy to transition. Like, oh, does that make it hard to work out? Or, oh, does that make it hard to run your business? Or does that make it hard? Whatever it is. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, sometimes it does. Now, you look at a few people who are like, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy. Or it's, it's, it's like, but they're not going to buy anyways. Yeah. Most people will say that. And then I'm like, oh, great. So what's your goal right now? And now I'm in the question. So it's like, what's your goal? What are you struggling with? What have you tried before? Have you ever had a coach? And then if you, if there's anything else you need to know, but by that point I got enough and I'm like, oh, cool. Well, look, I don't know if you care or not. And again, it comes, you don't want to be pushy. So it's always like, hey, look, I don't know if you want my help, but if you do, I do this fitness stuff or I do this business stuff all day long. I'd be happy to give you some pointers, but I just like to ask first because I don't want to overstep. Right. And if you, if you think about that in person, you would say that to someone, if you just mm. met someone, you wouldn't write out and be like, well, Hey, I got some tips. Like if you want, like you want them, they'd be like, uh, no. Mm. But if you're like, Hey dude, like I don't, I just met you, but it, I'm really good. I've done this business stuff for a while. If you wanted some tips, I'm happy to share with you. I know I just met, so I'm not trying to overstep, but, I could share it to you if you'd like there it's way more inviting. And so they're yeah. like, Oh no, no, I, I, I love that. It's the, it's the equivalent, you know, you go to those networking things and someone will just throw the business card, take my business, take this, take this. Take. No one's calling like that person, it. you know? Yeah. It has to be, yeah. It has to be their idea. It has to be their idea. So once they say yes, it's great because now they've said yes. So you're like, Oh, well, cool. Like it's going to take me a, you know, a ton of hours to keep typing this out. Um, if you'd like, I could just call you over five to 10 minutes. It's too, it's too hard. I find if they don't know you at all to push straight to a sales call yeah. typically. Now, if it's a business, if it's a business owner, they know what's going on. So yeah. you can usually go straight to the sales call, but if it's fitness, so my fitness clients, I always have them do this two-step process for organic. Organic just means free guys for anyone who's listening. And then for business coaches, I'm like, look, they know what's going on. Just go to the sales call. Like they know what you're trying to do. So if they give you, if they give you permission, just book a sales call and go through it they, because they know you're trying to help them with their business. Um, so then at that point, they're usually like, yes. Or if they don't respond, I'm just like, LOL. Like I said, no pressure. I was just trying to help. And then the more you do that, it almost guilts people into like saying yes. Cause they're like, oh, like this guy's just trying to help. Like, I feel bad. Like I'm not responding. He probably isn't even trying to sell me anything. And, and guys, the, the reality is like, you're really not at first. Mm. If you go into these combos and you actually think about that person and they, you know, they need help and you're just trying to help them, the sales will come. That, that's the thing people don't understand. Like if you actually just try to help people, they'll feel that and see that. And it makes the sale easier anyways, because you're like, look, like if you don't want help, I don't want to pressure you, but like, I'm really good at this. And I, I like, I want to give you help. So just let me know. And then more people are more inviting. So at that point, they'll usually respond like, oh, I just got busy. I'm like, well, cool. Like, if you want to talk sometime, here's my number. What's yours? And I get them to give me their number. And then I just call them. And I have a five, 10 minute call, it qualifies them. And then it goes from there. So that, that's literally the step-by-step -step process. Sometimes they can say things that, you know, people are not robots. 
It's not like you say this, they say that you, but that's pretty much the script or the questions. And uh, from there, it was just practice. I just, I just got better and better. And I saw ways to shortcut the conversation without cutting out important aspects. And that's how I was able to grow so fast because I just got really efficient. Like I'm, that's one of my pitfalls. Sometimes I'm so efficient with my time. It, it, it disrupts my personal life because I'm like, Oh no, like two hours. A day. No, no, it's like too much time. Like I need like 30 minutes. And then, but uh, in business it's great. It's great. So anyways, hopefully that's helpful to anyone who's listening. That's perfect. I was also going to touch on sales, but I want to be sensitive of, of your time. If you could let us know maybe some some sales tips in like five minutes or less, Tanner. So now sure. like someone's like, great, you know, I'm good with the DMs, you know, I'm getting people on the calls, but I'm just not closing these sales. You, you touched on sure. one thing there where it was essentially, hey, you know, go in there and actually care about the person. Any yeah. other tips you could give on the sales side of things? Yeah. So first is do an application, which is kind of what we just covered, guys. That That is your screening process. So make sure you don't get on a call with someone who's not interested. It's not going to close. Second thing is you do a pre-frame. So when you get on the sales call, make sure they understand how the call is going to go, right? Mm. Hey, so super excited you're here. Tell me a little bit about yourself. We'll dive in, blah, blah, blah. Cool. So the goal of this call is to figure out what your goal is, what you're struggling with, what you've tried. And then at the end, I'll try to give you a solution to your problem. And then all I'm looking for is you either say yes or you say no. Yes just means you want to work with me. No means you don't. And either way is cool. I just want to make sure you're in a position where at the end you feel comfortable to do that. Does that sound fair? And more times than not, they're like, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. So just to clarify that, no issues with that. Like, you're cool to give me a yes or no. You won't, you promise you won't worry if you hurt my feelings. They're like, oh yeah, like it's fine. You're like, great. So now you've got that commitment that they'll say yes or no. So you don't get a bunch of objections at the end. It, it'll lower it tremendously. You'll still get a few, but it lowers it. Then from there, you do the questions. Okay, so pre-frame questions. And then after that, once you've gathered data, only ask questions, guys, that you actually care about what the answer is. People think that sales calls, you ask questions just to ask. You're only asking questions so you know exactly what their problem is. So you can offer them a solution. They're giving you the answers to the test. Whatever they say their problem is, you need to obviously be ethical that you can fix it, but that's what they want you to say you fix. Yeah. If they say, I struggle with this, don't be like, oh yeah, like I don't focus on that. I focus on this. That's stupid. Mm -hmm. Like obviously. So make sure you do that. And then I go through what I call the three pillars. And in every sales call, I typically have three points that I try to point out to them and what sets us apart or what they're doing incorrectly and what they're missing. So in fitness, my three pillars, just quickly, I would say, learn how to eat whatever you want, learn how to train however you want. And then once you figure those two things out, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. You're like, great. So you can hire me, a coach, or you can do Beachbody, for example. And then I break down why I was the best option uh, that's a whole, that's another sales training. I, I have it somewhere I could share, but I break that down. They're like, I'm like, so does that all make sense? What the correct option is and what you need to figure out? And you're like, yes. Once they say yes, like you're hat, you're like 75% the home plate. So then I would, you know, two minutes go through the program. Cool. So you get an app, you get this, you get this, you get that. No one cares. They don't care what the program gets. They just care about the results. And then I would go through a quick expectations. And I, I call it my Michael Jordan fifth grader analogy and I would just say, hey, look, so before I get into the pricing and packaging, I just want to go through what I call the Michael Jordan analogy. And I just said, look, if I'm Phil Jackson, the best basketball coach on earth, and I coach you, and let's say you're a fifth grader and Michael Jordan, who's going to get better results? And they're like, well, Michael Jordan's like, well, why? And they're like, well, he's better, he's older. I'm like, yeah, exactly. All of the above, right? He's better, he's older, more mature. So all I'm trying to get you to understand is if you follow my process, you can get amazing results. Just don't compare yourself to someone else. Or don't expect great results if you're not going to listen. Does that make sense? They're like, yeah. And then because what you don't want to do is tell someone the whole call how easy it is and then just be like, they sign up and they're like, well, wait, like I thought I was going to have to do like, so the expectations where you kind of like bridge the gap and you're like, okay, but it is easy, but you still have to do some work. And then from there, I would do uh, the close. And typically in my close, when I was by myself, so for everyone who's a single show, I would just say, uh, I would I raise my price higher than I was hoping for. Mm. Uh, depending on the sales coach you talk to, some will say price drops, some won't. What I found is for beginners, price drops work better because you're not as skilled at sales. And so if you don't do it, it, it makes it easier for them to eject. So what I would do is I'd say, hey, look, typically my program's about, uh, it's four months and it's $5,000. Now, as we were going through the call, Timothy, you know, 
you come off as someone who's really going to listen. You seem like you really want this. I also know you said earlier in the call, finances were a little tight for you. So you can like use stuff they said in your pitch. Mm-hmm. So I said, so look, as long as you can put down at least the minimum deposit to start today, I can drop the price to 2,500. Just ha- need you to do two things. First, so you actually just commit to what you're doing and like you'll follow the program, et cetera. You'll work hard. And then second is you just keep that between us. Because if I have someone else come in at a higher price, I don't want them to feel, uh, I don't want them to find out from you, you paid less. Is that, that's pretty fair, right? And, and that's the truth. Because sometimes yeah. when you're starting off, you're going to be selling different price points as you're testing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it would work great. And I, I'd get a lot of sales that way. And um, that's what I recommend most beginners do. Because then if they say, oh, well, it sounds good in this night, you're like, well, look, like you work through objections. But if it comes down to price, you kind of have that in your back pocket. You're like, well, look, like, I don't want to force you to do something you don't want to do. But like I said, if you can put down at least that deposit, I can save that price and we can start in a week when you said you're ready. Because if not, you don't have anything to anchor and it's easy for them to just be like, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll let you know. And uh, last tip, and then I'll shut up, is if, if guys, if you don't get the credit card, the chances they come back is like less than 10%. Some people yeah. will. Um, the more sophisticated the buyer, you have a higher chance, like a business owner like myself who's done a lot of revenue. Yeah you're not going to force me into a sell. Like you're not. Yeah. And I'll, I'll laugh at you. But, you know, if it's a less sophisticated buyer, meaning you're a fitness coach or someone who maybe is not as uh, experienced in business or sales, that those tactics will work better. And that's what I'd suggest for most beginners. So uh, I love that one in the gym. I don't know if you do as well. You know, I remember my, my first day in the gym, you know, a client came in, was a yeah. slam dunk sale you know, had all the problems, you know, was super keen to get started. I'm like, sweet, let's get you signed up. She was like, ah, look, I'll just come back tomorrow when I've, I've got my card or something. I'm like, yep, no dramas. I got one in the bag for tomorrow and then never heard from her again. So I, I learned that one. Um, Tana, there's just a, a question that I like to always finish up with. It's a three-part question. It revolves around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for people in the fitness industry, people in the business industry, people that wanted to lose weight. I'm curious to hear who your biggest mentors have been. If you could answer this in three different ways, if you could give us your best paid mentor, so someone that you paid cash to, you did their course on their program, that had the biggest influence on you. An unpaid mentor. So what I mean by that is essentially someone you follow on social. You haven't paid them any money, but your friends on Facebook, you follow their Instagram, you listen to their podcasts, whatever it may be, someone that you respect the most there. Uh, and then a book, apart from your own, because yours is obviously number one. So infinite sure. income, you know, make sure everyone reads that. Uh, a yeah. book apart from your own that either had the biggest influence on you or that you recommend every online entrepreneur should read. So mentors, paid, unpaid, and book. Sure. Uh, so unpaid... I would probably say Russell Brunson just because I was introduced to, you know, click funnels in that world through my mentor, David Fry. And so I just started soaking up everything Russell said. And, um, you know, so Russell indirectly was probably a big influence on influence, excuse me, on my success. Um, in terms of pay, that is a great question. I've spent, I think to date about 1.5 million. So I've done wow. a ton of stuff. Um, it's a really good, I mean, it's a you really can give good us, You can give us a few if you want, because not many people have spent 1.1 million yeah. on, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I would say, gosh, this is, yeah, it's such a hard question because I've just done so many things. I, I would say like one would be Roland Frazier. Mm-hmm. Roland Frazier is actually very experienced in buying and selling businesses and how to structure the deals. Uh, so he was kind of an unconventional program. It's more one-on-one and you just hit them up when you need it. Uh, but that was, that's been super influential. I'm, I'm actually still in it. Um, I have a couple calls left. I basically paid for a certain amount of calls. Um, that's, that's one off the top of my head. So I don't, I don't stall. And then the last one um, is actually a good friend of mine. We became a lot closer this year. He actually tried to reach out to me a few years ago and for whatever reason, I just did not respond. I thought he was trying to get me to promote something. And I was like, bro, like, don't reach out to me. Just promote your list or whatever. But uh, it's Alex Hermosi. And we, we talk on probably a daily basis. Uh, pretty much we talk almost every day now. And uh, his book, $100 million offers. Oh. Uh, so good. So yeah. good. In fact, that's kind of what I meant when I talked about the book is if I ever write a book in the future, I want to write something as good as that because he yeah. just put so much time and effort into that. And the single page in that book, um, 
I got one thing out of his book. It was that one page and it talks about the four components of a offer and increasing oh, value. Yeah. And I mean, that'll make me, that'll make me millions and millions and millions more than I'm already making because I, I've had some of those components in my offers already. Yeah. That was the first time I'd seen someone break it down. Is, is that uh, the one where, where it's, it people can believe if they can believe they'll do it, they'll do, they'll pay more th those four things, right? Yeah. So it was uh, yeah. just to go through them. It was determined outcome. Yeah. And then it was a uh, perception of risk. And then yeah. below that he had time yeah. and then he had perceived effort. Yeah. And that, that has, that's changed everything in my business. And, and the irony is all my new businesses are running around those principles and they're just taking off like a rocket ship because they just focus on everything they want. And everyone's like, okay, so like, I don't have to spend that much time and I don't have to do that much work and there's low amounts of risk. And so I've just started focusing on those four things and it just makes your revenue go up. Yeah. That, that, that book, I think it's, it's the best I've ever read. I it, used to think it's up there. It, yeah. It's definitely, it's up there. It's very I, good. I used to think it was Russell Brunson's trilogy. The, the second yeah. two used to be my favorite. Yeah. Then I read Alex Hormoz because it's like the good thing about that book. It's, it, it's, it's so specific on the offer. A lot of Russell's books, there's a whole heap of stuff in there. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah, uh, you'll learn a little bit about everything. But with Alex Hormozzi's, he's got that offer to a science, like yeah. everything you need. Like literally, I would pay $5,000 for that book. Yeah, it, it was that good. It was yeah. that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think if you yeah. haven't – have, yeah, sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say what's what, what excited me is there's a lot of people who, you know, they're not in a position to execute on some of those things. When I read it, I mean, yeah. I have all the – sources and team in the world and i was like oh my gosh this is gonna be fun because we just immediately started implementing it and uh it's it's been crushing for us absolutely crushing so yeah you know i, I love that awesome recommendations yeah. all right um tana if someone's listening to this watching to this they're like all right this guy's cool he's inspirational i want to work with him or i want to follow him where's yeah. the best place to go your facebook your instagram your website all three yeah, just, I mean, where, wherever. Usually I like social media because I can connect, uh, you know, in DMs and so forth. But I would say either Instagram, uh, just my name, Tanner Chittister, or YouTube. And just YouTube because I'm trying to grow that. So any of you guys are going to go give me subscriptions over there. I'll give you a book. I'll give you something. I'll be happy for it. But yeah, just those two places is, is probably the best. Um, and then if they, if you guys just do want to see a website, it's just EliteCOs.com. That's my kind of mother company. And you guys can just go take a look there. But yeah, those, those three places. Awesome. If you're listening on the podcast, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, if you're watching on Facebook, actually do a If you're watching on Facebook, just comment below and say thank you to Tanner for, for giving up his time to, to help us out. And also just comment social down below and I'll send you over Tanner's links there. Uh, Tanner, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. Was there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Or is there anything you want to finish us off with? No, I mean, I think you're pretty uh, thorough. I would just say to anyone who's new um, or starting out, just, it sounds so cliche, but just don't quit. And I know that sounds cliche, but I, I'm, I'm such a believer in that because, you know, the, you guys heard my story today, but what most people don't know is during those two years, I almost quit five times. Mm. So about every four months or so, six, five or six months, I would call up uh, David Fry. I'd call him and I'd say, dude, like, it's not working. Like, I live in a crappy apartment. My car sucks. Girls don't want to go on dates with me. I'm 25. I mean, it's embarrassing. It was embarrassing, for lack of a better word. And, and when you're working 12-hour days and you're not making any more money, you start to question what you're doing. And the irony is that if I quit, you know, let's say I was finished my engineering degree. I probably in the next last four years would have made 400 grand or four or 500 grand maybe. Uh, but in the last four years we've done, you know, and I started at a million a month or a million a year, excuse me. And then that's just exploded. And I've done over about 40 million in sales. And so, you know, I'm not special. I'm not any different. I just worked really hard and I just decided I wasn't going to quit. And so, you know, anyone who's listening, whatever you're going through, try to just push past it because it's not forever. You know, two years feels like a lot when you're living it, but on the outside, it's nothing. It, it's a blip. And um, that's where most people fail is they just quit too soon. So if you're listening, you're discouraged or you're, you're struggling or 
whatever, just, just don't quit because statistically, as long as you keep going, you'll figure it out. So just wanted to say that to anyone if they're struggling. Love that. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge sucker for motivational um, videos and that. Are you a fan of Will Smith by any chance, Tanner? Oh, yeah, dude. Who isn't, man? Have you seen his, have you read his book, by the way? I haven't. I haven't read his okay. book, but I mean, he, that dude's like all positivity, and I just think he tries to put good out in the world. You can't really hate the guy. Have you seen his YouTube clip about the treadmill? Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I've I watched this um, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, I'll give you a bit of a spoiler because it's so good. He's like, someone asked him a question, you know, Will Smith, how are you so successful? You know, are you talented or whatever? He's like, here's the thing. He goes, I'm not really naturally talented. This is the difference between me and, and the next person. If you and me get on a treadmill, one of two things is going to happen. Either A, you're going to get off first, or B, I'm going to die. They're the only two outcomes. And I'm just like, man, that's so motivational. The fact that yeah. he's just willing to to kill himself on the treadmill is the fact why he, where he is, where he wants to, where, where he is yeah. at the moment. Well, and, and just to go on that, like what I, I went through some pretty severe depression this year because I got all this money and I got, that's where I thought I wanted. And I got mm -hmm. to the top, quote unquote. Um, and then you realize like, there's just levels and levels and levels. And the top is really not ever the top. Um, but I, I was at a place where I just knew, like, I'll never have to worry about money again, ever. And I just, it just felt so unfulfilling. And so I think something that really makes some of the great people great is they enjoy the growth and they actually enjoy what they do. And, and that was a big realization for me this year is I was, you know, I asked myself, why do I need to keep working? Why do I need to grow, keep growing businesses? It doesn't really matter anyways. You know, I'm, I'm just one person out of billions. Like, what impact can I really make? And so... Um, there's nothing wrong guys with just like enjoying what you do and you mm. should enjoy what you do. And you really should, you really should just do things that excite you. And for me, and at least what I see across the board with other successful people is they enjoy the growth and the growth is the journey. The growth is all the shit you're going through because once you get to the end at the top, it feels good for a day. Mm. I remember the first time I hit a million dollars in a month and I had this huge party and it was like this huge deal. Cause it's been like, it was just a goal I had. I just want to say I did it. And the very next day I was like, all right, what's next? And it, it wasn't necessarily on purpose. It's just the destination is never that satisfying. So if you can really learn to enjoy growth and just being the best you can be, which I think that's what Will Smith probably drives off of, that's where you find fulfillment. Um, anyway, sorry to go on a tangent. <laughs> no, I love it. I'll, um, I, I could go on again, but I want to be sensitive yeah. of your time, Tanner. So thank you very much for, um, for being on here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Course Creator Community Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.